Oh, so much pro wrestling. What a week in Port or weekend rather in Puerto Rico. That crowd was rabid from SmackDown all the way to to Backlash and all, apparently all the way to Tampa, Florida because Gino, you know, that's kind of my biggest uh if we could do hashtags and headlines tonight. That's my biggest headline and this was sent to me by multiple people. The Brock Lesnar Cody Rhodes segment on on Raw because like we there we've always been talking about piped in chants and and fake crowd reactions like it happens we get it we know that it happens and was it was it too over the top <laughs> like on this episode of raw where brock is trying to talk and it's they they loved that puerto rican crowd so much they and it did enhance the show like what, what did you think about that like just just Broad strokes on the weekend in general. We could probably dive into it in a little more detail. But what are your thoughts on the crowd, on SmackDown, on Backlash? Just being in Puerto Rico, how do you feel how everything went? I feel the crowd added so much more to the show. The crowd really got behind my boys, like the OC, which I can see. Like Luke, Luke Gallows got the respect to deserves being the grizzled young veteran he is to this day. And having all the other great responses we have from people that we normally don't get this great form of response. Like EO Sky pretty much came out like a baby face in her match against Bianca and through that from beginning to end of backlash, the entire crowd was just behind everybody and was so excited. It was probably the biggest crowd we've had since clash the castle. Yeah, they were, ra they were rabid. Thank you so much. Like they were absolutely crazy and it was, it made the shows a lot better. We all liked that ECW uh, just feel of this rabid crowd like you want to be a part of it like that's how we all feel when we're watching it we want to be a part of that and I want to go to wrestling now because the crowd is having so much fun the uno dos trace chants were so fucking loud and it made for a really really fun two two nights of television shows so when you get to raw in Tampa Florida which you know not to not, no shots at Tampa but you know lowest attendance in MLB right now uh, not no, I mean, they have the Buccaneers, but you only need to sell eight games a season. Like it's this, it's this market that's not known to be super successful for entertainment. And that's where they have this follow-up show. So if you are triple H or you are Vince or you are Kevin Dunn and you're thinking we need to keep that same energy, but in Tampa, like, how do we pull that off? Because that's that's all I could think. Because like, so I didn't watch all of Raw. I Hulu Raw it and kind of skimmed around. But this was sent to me on like Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Just how bad it was. I want to pull it up real quick, but everything's moving really slow. Um, so, and and we've we've noticed this before, right? Like this isn't something new to WWE. Isn't there a better way to do this that feels a little more organic? I don't think there is going to be in any other way because when you, no matter how Maybe big of a crowd we have, like again on Raw, and then we try to get a follow up from like the pay per view, it always will be like a kind of a lull, kind of a lower expectation because we like we have that hype from a pay per view, no matter what pay per view it is, and then the next show it's always going to be lower. You shouldn't have like any hope for it to be as big as the pay per view. Scampoli, Mark, thank you so much. I, I, the CM Punk, the Reseda spell. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Mark. That is huge. Uh, what do we have? We have Eagle Flag. Uh, hold on. Let's. We got to make you smaller for a second, Gino. We got the Eagle Flag for Mark. Thank you, Mark. You are a real American hero. We appreciate you, my friend. Let's bring Gino back up on the screen here. So, yeah, 
like they've they've done they've done this before, so we shouldn't be surprised. But I don't know. Maybe it was just because the the rest of the show wasn't the same vibe. So you could probably do this throughout, and maybe darken the crowd. I don't know, like because the crowd doesn't look when the crowd doesn't look into it, and suddenly I'm supposed to believe that they've never been more into anything in their in their entire lives. Like this is this is the biggest moment of their of their entire life. So that kind of added to the silliness of like we can so obviously spot that 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 this is like a work <laughs> that we're all being worked, Gino. So. Um, I, I, like even during the Thunderdome, like it was bad, right? But it wasn't like even that. Was, I maybe I'm misremembering, but was that done better than what they did here? I think it was done a little bit better than what it was done here because they had the time to actually try to produce really good wrestling, really good matches, and actual entertainment. When this was just kind of forced to be like, okay, we have to try to keep these storylines going, but also we had to set this tournament that's not really a tournament. So we had to like have that fill up time. So we did have at least good matches, but obvious matches that we knew what were going to happen. I like that you said that too. This tournament, that's not like actually a tournament. Like it's kind of annoying the way that they set this thing up because I was under the impression that it was, this was going to be like a King of the Ring. It was going to be like eight men from Raw, eight men from SmackDown. And why is SmackDown even involved? If we're having a Raw championship, why is SmackDown involved at all? We just did this draft for brand exclusivity. Why are we suddenly going away from that already? Is this just, is Vince back there? Is this Vince doing this? Like, they'll forget it by Monday, damn it. I, it's obviously a Vinceism that I'm seeing, and I can already tell since we know that Seth won, it's obvious now Edge is going to win, and we're going to redo this Cy Arabia match two, Seth versus Edge. You think so? And, and hey, look, now, now we draw big dollars. You want to you put it on a poster? Like, that would be awesome to see another Edge-Seth match, especially for a major championship. But when just when they're so Seth wins it right, so Seth is going to beat Edge. There's got to be like there's got to be something else that happens because now we're just going to have Edge lose like and 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 this is the loss he loses this match. Uh, I I don't know the way the way this whole thing played out is not at all what I had in my head. I had this amazing tournament that why does it have to end after one week? Why don't they do a lengthier tournament? Why not have Round round one is tonight, and then next week round two. Why do we have to do just fucking? He hate me says just like you were saying. It was obvious Cody was gonna win at Mania. You fat fuck. Listen to these guys, Gino. They're bullying you. Can you believe these guys? I'm gonna pipe in crowd noise if they keep this up. I think we should have some for our crowd noise being able to pipe in, but this is fucking terrible. We had we should have a lot of time still before Cyrene, but they could have been like, yeah, one half of it on one week, then next week is the other triple threat. Then you have the one-on-one on that Friday night and Monday night Raw, and then boom, right there, the pay-per-view, you know who the singles is, but no, they're like, no, what? we have to set it ahead of time so we have more time for the rest of the show for everything else. The next Why even involve before. SmackDown? Why have SmackDown involved? I Like, that's that's the biggest question mark. If you want to do triple threat tournament, fine, whatever. Let's have three triple threat matches. The winners of those all meet in a triple threat at the fucking pay per view. Fine, but don't don't do this silly draft. Which I like. I'm always confused by the draft, as we talked about last week. I re-listened to a lot of last week and thought, yeah, that's a great point by me. Why do we keep we do a draft every two years, but we don't do like the NFL draft. Like, it's not like every year the NFL's like, okay, we're going to do the new draft. First pick, Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's not how it works. We don't redraft every single fucking person. A hydrate from Ridge. Listen to this crowd, Gino. They love this. 
no disqualification in a triple threat match. Look at his face. Brock Lesnar needs no bigger reminder than the stitches in his forehead. And I guess I'm such a mark, because even at that moment, I didn't really notice it that much. Like, maybe the crowd hates this guy that much, or maybe they were sleeping the whole night and they woke up because Brock was here. And this was at a point in the show, I mean, they were watching a kick-ass match, and, you know, maybe they're just all amped up from the match. Because I've been to wrestling. Like, when Ruby Soho came out of Dynamite, I was still jonesing after my Action Andretti match. So maybe they – and I was the only one. Everyone else in the crowd was like, fuck this fucking match. Maybe they are – maybe there was some – because even the reports from our friend Sean Ross Sapp, he sent me a text. He even said, like, uh, reports are saying the crowd was pretty loud, but not – not this cartoonishly loud. And I would see that they would be loud, especially because they're, boy, because they're in Tampa. Cody was there for multiple years. This boy is losing and beaten up by Brock Lesnar. The AEW guy's getting killed by this monster. I would be loud, too. That he has unfinished business with Rhodes. Follow the coupe to grace. And you can see the audience. Nobody's that upset. Like, everybody is chill. Like, it, it, this was shocking. Like, that moment was pretty shocking. Like, why wouldn't Cody be in the finals? But but you, we brought this up last week. You don't want to have Cody win this belt because it makes it look like shit. He just lost to Roman. So, if he wins this one, this is um, immediately the secondary championship. So, I understand why, that, why they're kind of doing this, but um, – and I like the way they they at least had Cody lose, but the cartoonish fucking, and it's just one solid sound all the way through. It stands out, right? It does stand out, but it, I'm sure there were people who would be loud, just like I would be, especially with that promo before him where Cody did do the wicked not AEW, so the hardcores that were behind him the entire time of AEW would at least be able to respond. That would be. Is headed to the semifinals. To face Seth freaking Rollins. But the story at the moment is the beast incarnate. Unfinished business with Cody Rhodes. Good God. completely silent they just they couldn't believe what they were seeing and they were just sitting there in awe and maybe that's probably more realistic in a moment like this like our hero cody of silence that it can sometimes be like this moment where it is the beast doomsday is pissed off that he
gigantic. We were, I was just talking today about Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. I bring that match up all the time as one of my all at some point down the road so i really enjoyed uh i really enjoyed that and and They might be over to some people. Like, I, hey, I, I like wrestlers that aren't that over. Yeah, no, you you, you hey, threw a thumbs what? up. Like, thank you so much, Channel One Four Three. Like, I get when people are over that I don't like, but I'm just saying when I watch, I've been watching wrestling long enough. The guys that are over, you don't have to go. Is he over? Like, no, it's just fucking obvious. Like, that crowd hated Dominic Mysterio. Like, they last week on Raw, they they didn't expect that, and it was so nice because it was this organic moment. Uh, this guy's so over. We hate him so fucking much. We will not let this asshole talk. Like that was such a great moment on Raw that we haven't had in a while. And now they're hoping every week that the crowd's going to do that. Maybe nobody's that over. You know, maybe Dom's the most over guy we have. Dom might be the most over guy we have, and I think really what we need to do we need to push Damian Priest right now because that match with Bad Bunny yeah. was going to prove that this guy is a genius. He understands what you have to do to really push and make some celebrity look strong by you being this cocky, overzealous heel that fucking messes your own self up by accident that cost you the entire match. Yeah, sure. that that moment where he pulled Bad Bunny's head off the mat that was that was amazing. That's great storytelling because that's. Hey, I could have won this already, but I I fucked around a little too much because that's my character. I'm a cocky dickhead, and I love that promo. Look, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> so Damien has come a long way in my eyes, and I think that match he felt perfectly placed in it. I also felt like he's just Baron Corbin. Like that was another thought that I had. Is he just the new? He's the 2023 Lone Wolf Baron Corbin, where he's pretty much a main eventer. He's he's right on. He's there. Um, but we're not giving him the belt anytime soon. He is pretty much there. We should have put the belt up. We should have just made a fucking big moment. Be like, you know what? Have Priest win this triple threat. Have me fucking Finn versus Priest and feeling out which way is this going to go. It's going to be a big change for fucking Judgment Day. But no, we got to keep Judgment Day as one solid unit for now. But soon he's going to break off and be the amazing single star. Because the announcers are doing the thing where they just lay out. They're silent. Dude. So, Cody, what do you want to talk about? Huh. This feels like a video game, kind of, right? Like, this is one of those cutscenes in the video game where you get put through the table by Brock. And maybe that's what they were going for. Thank you, Tyler Spider, for the kayfabe spell. That, dude, are you serious, bro? Thank you so much. Uh, th- that has like that's that maybe Triple H was playing the game recently. It is the highest rated 2K game in WWE history right now. It's 40 percent off on PlayStation consoles. Promo code Vleeties. And 
is that is that it? Like, because the way that that moment sounded sounded like the video game. I have no idea why they do this. They have to pipe in sound because they don't think that silence adds anything. They're like, no, we need something to make it seem like the crowd is active and hyped, so you can go to the next show. It's, it. I hate the fucking dubbing shit. Like the only time, like sound like when you can sweeten up the crowd like this is like an impact impact does a better job than this fucking fake ash if you could tell it's fake and sweet well maybe even because maybe the alternative is bobby fish's impact promo like when bobby fish cut that promo and impact and the crowd was just like what the fuck are we doing here maybe that maybe wwe is afraid of that kind of silence because some of it could be everyone is quite like because jericho brings this up like when he was doing his anton chagor character in 2008 and he would speak like this and he would bring it down because because he he wanted people to listen like hey shut the fuck up i'm t- i'm talking like this now so this is how i cut promos because if you talk over me you're going you're going to miss it you're going to miss what i have to say so that was his character and he did it so well so they, that brought the crowd noise down and then if they would go over the top it would be obvious and he wouldn't speak so it was like a great an invitation to boomy Whereas this promo right here is this guy trying to fucking scream, brah, and the crowd noise is just obliterating him. Look at this face. Look at this face! <laughs> Shoulder muscles are jacked, bro. What do you want to talk about, Cody? Huh? What do you want to talk about? I brought you a copy of my I changes. Come on, I'm talking about me. What I'm talking about, I want to talk about number one on my, me, my. You know that song, Gino? I do know good country music, yes. Me, Cody. I want to talk about me. But occasionally, me. I want to talk about me. Me, me, me. Cody Rhodes. Dude. Look at my face. You want to take credit for this, Cody? You looked into this face. Can we get him a valet? Can we get somebody to speak for Brock? Is there? Can we get him a Maxine Dupree? Can he be Brock A or something like? He hate me, Sesma, pointing to Gino. Look at this gut. Look at this hammer. Gino, you look great. What is this guy talking about? Can, can we have? Can we have a Brock A or something like? Because. Like, I know. I know Brock can cut a promo. We've seen him do it. But this one seems – and people did mention this. Like, he must have forgot his lines. Why even give him lines for this kind of a moment? Like, this kind of a moment doesn't need a script. It doesn't even need words. Like, what the fuck? Why do we have to have him go, what's up about me? 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 And it's because Brock's just the best. He'll do whatever the fuck he wants. He does have to follow a shitty script, but in the match, in the build-up, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. So he doesn't do a script. But then he was like, no, we have to follow through with this precautions and shit because you did get busted up, so we have to make you look fine enough, but you're still going to be looking fucking disheveled because of how bad you got cut. Thank you so much, Channel 143. You lucked into the victory Saturday night. (laughs) Victory. I want to talk about a fight. Where at? I want to talk about a fight. A fight! I want a fight! He does seem like a madman, I guess. You, me, 
Night of Champions. Let's go. Saudi? Fight. What do you got to see, man? Are we going to pipe in the crowd there? Because you know those ass, those guys are just sitting on couches. They don't give a shit. They're like, ah, put on a show for me. We're all princes for some reason. They're all going to be hyped. That's This is going to be a real fucking fight where Doomsday is going to try to kill the new Superman Homelander, but Homelander's going to end up being able to outsmart and kill Doomsday. What'd you think of this Raw? Like, it's it kind of flew by. I mean, I don't know if Hulu Raw cut out some shit. Like, oh, your boys, this wasn't on Hulu Raw. Hold on, let me bring this up. What'd you think of Indy Shear? They're on here. I do like that Indy Shear's on the main rust. United as one force of destruction. These two men have conquered. Is that Veer? Obliterated And Sangha. All over the world. And now we're ready to bring unprecedented levels of pain. We have waited patiently for our moment to strike. Was Jinder bad? Because I remember that time liking Jinder Mahal. Like towards the end of his title run, I was on board with Jinder Mahal as the champion. Was it the racist comments about Nakamura? What do you think ruined him? Because a lot of people say it like there were chants of you can't wrestle. Like, is he a bad in ring performer? I always feel like Jinder was a good worker. It might have been the whole Shinsuke Nakamura comments. Yeah, for those who don't and know. And then also trying to push, like, having the fucking Singh brothers, the Bollywood boys, kind of as a legitimate, yeah. like, threat instead of just them being comedic relief as they pretty much are supposed to be good for, while gender should have been, like, pushed even more higher. But I think because of being aligned with comic relief and trying to make them serious was kind of also a problem. Yeah, maybe, like, because... They were funny. Like, you got to give it to them. I, I enjoyed the Singh Brothers quite a bit. And I enjoyed Mahal as a champion. And I, I the rumors that we hear, number one, is that Brock didn't want to work with him. Like, Brock was like, why am I working with this jobber? There's rumors that the guy who did the Jinder Mahal rap song didn't know who Jinder Mahal was. He just was like, who am I making this song for? So there's all these, like, not good stories of Jinder Mahal, but he was the WWE champion. And... Like, he was shooting with Randy Orton. There was obviously that run with the great Kali. Like, he didn't really get any clean victories. I think he beat Nakamura pretty clean at SummerSlam. I can't remember exactly what happened. But just think about that. Mahal and Nakamura, a SummerSlam match for the WWE Championship. So, he had a bit of a run. But when it ended, it was so obvious. Like, he was just one of those champions that was, once it's over, it's over. Thank you so much. Right back down to the middle of the card. If he ever wins a belt again, it's definitely the Intercontinental title. Like, I can't imagine him climbing back back up. I feel with him having the real group with Indoshir, with Fear, and... Sangha, I believe is how you pronounce it. Them being together, I feel like this could be the push for Jinder. But I don't think he'll be world champion. He could be in the contendership and never win the title again. And where is Baron Corbin? I know he lost recently, but is he – because I know he's doing his free agency thing. I didn't see him on Raw, um, so I'm assuming he wasn't there unless Hulu was just like, ah, you remember this guy. So what's – because – Every time I'm bringing up these villains that are borderline champions, I just think of Baron Corbin. He was right there. Was the JBL gimmick, was it doomed from the beginning? Because like, for me, here, 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 I don't know if I've ever said this on here. It makes no sense. Baron can talk. Just let him cut his own promos. Now, maybe the character was a little played out. We had already done Lone Wolf. We had already done I Squander Opportunity. We already had done 
interim general manager. We've already done corporate Corbin. Like there's all Constable Corbin or whatever his name was. We've already done um, Happy Corbin, like uh, bum ass Baron. There's all these characters that he's already kind of ran through. Are we just trying to try something different? Because maybe having him cutting his own promos is just so much of a retread of all the other stuff he's already done. It's a retread of everything he's already done, plus what other people are doing, even slightly better than how Baron is. So I think maybe they're realizing, okay, we need to find like what we really can improve or make like Baron be that top guy again that seems different than what everyone else is doing that has kind of the same character and gimmick that he once had. Maybe, yeah, because I look at an end this year. Like you can give Baron because he had Madcap Moss, and maybe that because another another great example of like this is too comedic. Like you're, this is never gonna get ver- too. This isn't gonna get far because it's it's bad jokes. It's just kind of in the writers' room. What do we have for Baron and Madcap? Throw something funny out there. It might work. And now look at both of those guys. Both of those guys are no longer over. They're not really featured on either one of these shows anymore. So. It, like in my head, that's another example of kind of just a poor decision. Like why, why, it, or why break them up? Like if you don't have real long term plans, you don't have to break everybody up immediately. But that's just what we seem to do. So here we have Indishir. Is there any what? What are we gonna do for Baron that isn't just gonna come off as Indishir? What are we gonna do for him that doesn't come off as whoever else we've already been talking about tonight? Because all of these borderline main eventers. Um, Miz, like all of these guys who are right there, yeah. What does Baron have? And that's the thing. That's why I think Davies has to find is like what they could do to improve Davies. I would improve Baron because Damian Priest, I feel as you were kind of making comparison to Damian Priest is just better. Baron, he's learned to improve and be better over these years. While Baron's kind of just been stuck, stagnant because they changes kind of really him they just think okay put this gimmick on him okay that didn't work put this gimmick on him try to do these all different storylines and not stay committed to one character unlike priest who's been kind of one character the entire way through even though he evolves his character it's still been one solid character from nxt to the main roster well and who's to say in like because baron's been around what he won the andre battle royal in 2016 like who's to say in Priest has been on the main roster for two years. Maybe in five years, Priest is the same way. It's like we've already seen you try everything that there is out there. You're just not going to get to that next level. Because Baron, I remember he did that interview where he said he wants to be WWE champion. I think that, I, like, <laughs> I love that in the chat. Better Baron or Mexican Baron? Is it just nice to have a little Latin flair? Like we have a little, we we have a little Latino Baron Corbin, which is Damian Priest. Because even their body types are sort of similar. Baron might be in worse shape actually now that i'm looking at it um so i don't like i don't know i want to see baron come back maybe that's where this is all coming from like i i look at that that angle with jbl as i like jbl and i like baron i remember seeing baron live and i thought he this guy doesn't get enough credit for how good he is at working a crowd so uh yeah how would you bring him back what would you do and why is indus gonna get jinder back to the wwe championship because i'm so sure he's back and I feel like what we got to do would really help Baron right now, because I think what really helped Baron was having a group behind him. He had 
basically for God's sense with him. So I think what he needs is the dirty dogs. And I think dirty dogs, when Robert Root's back, we get dirt dogs with Baron Corbin. I think that'd be the perfect group right there. Three man group that could be in the top spot on SmackDown to go get the blood. I, I hate the dirty dogs. Cause now the reason I hate them is cause I like singles Ziggler and I like singles rude. So when you put them together and they're the dirty dogs, I don't like that. I, I, I always, I still have this vision that Bobby Roode's going to one day be the WWE champion. Kurt Angle thinks it. I think it. James Storm thinks it. Uh, the Rock remembers. Like I, I don't know who, like, because that's another one that's going to be Put such a stretch. Thank you, Ghostface Dab Father. Like that's just another stretch that I don't think we can ever get back to. That there's no way we can get back to 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 that to that championship run. I don't know, Gino. Am I like is is that one further? Is that too far away? I think it's too far away for any of our dreams. For Dolph Ziggler to be world champion, and for Bobby Roode to be world champion, for fucking Baron, I think it's too far gone. We're never gonna have it happen for any of our three faves. What about NXT? Like this is a this is a brand that you know they they talk about. Oh well, you know they treat it as an equal until it's draft time. Now it's called call ups again. Ziggler did a great job as NXT champion. I think like. Maybe Baron goes there. Baron never won the title. That's true. You know, that could be a safe space and go to NXT because he might be like, who is this broad breaker just bearing all this time, killing everybody? I could be the one to beat him and stop this bully from bullying everybody. From the shadows. What? We emerge to shake the very foundation of Monday Night Raw. The authors of pain. That came off as an AOP promo to me, Gino. Like I know that it, it's it's hard to be these villains, right? This goes back to the Twin Towers in the '80s. Like you just kind of cut that generic promo. Like we are here to destroy everything you love. Your heroes will fall. Like it's just kind of the generic heel promo, right? It's very generic, especially them just doing backstage pre-tape and not doing anything splicing it, like of how Indusher has beaten people up before. At least make it seem like you really do care. It's just like, okay, be in suits and say this promo like AOP did, like all these other people have done before. Just copied that. Yeah, because isn't that literally just, isn't that just the AOP promos where they were sitting in a room? Like, didn't they cut those same at those same fucking promos of? Like, we are here to destroy you. Like, let me find, I got to find one now. But where are they at? You know, where's your boys? Where's the AOP at? I think after the crypto scam failed for them to try and make this promotion, this event, I think they just gave up and they're just like, you know, maybe we're done with wrestling. Just like Kimberly retired, they probably retired too. Yeah, Kimberly retired. And they mentioned she was in the WWE. Was she a May Young Classic? I do not remember that happening. She was there, I believe, for like a short time under contract for like NXT. I'm Maybe she was in one of the main class of the later one, the second one they did, where it had like people like Madison Rain was there and all the other people were there. I think she might have been like under that fucking radar, the second main class. Let's see. Change my captions. I don't want them on. Who is AOP? That's one of the worst name changes that goes unsaid, right? AOP. Like, Authors of Pain, uh, sure, longer to say, but. When you just shorten it to AOP and not really ever explain to the normies what AOP is, it is kind of an off-putting name, right? AOP. It's a very off-putting name. It was very off-putting when AOP were disciples of Seth Rollins, which made no sense, too. Oh, 
Look at this. My name is Razar. This is like literally the same thing we just watched. <laughs> it's just two, two big fucking guys. At least these guys get to talk for themselves. My name is Akum. Akum. Together, we're known as AOP, the authors of pain. Oh, at least they say it there. Sanu kesereni dekhe koshti vech. WrestleMania do pelato. I didn't say. No one has seen us since WrestleMania, and there's a very good reason for that. We haven't had one match since before WrestleMania. Damn, these guys have never wrestled. Siskina pos asni andiesha mas WrestleMania. We're fighters! We've been fighting our whole lives, and we earn money by fighting. That's the problem. We come here to fight. And everyone complains we're hurting them in the ring. Neither one of us can make a living in mixed martial arts because no one wanted to fight us. Now we come to WWE and no one wants to fight us. This is a good promo, Gina, right? I... I am pro this style of promo, by the way. If Nakamura can't speak English, let him speak Japanese and have some dude type out what he's saying. That's what they should be doing for everybody. Like, they need to speak their native tongue. Like, I love when EO does speak Japanese, but we don't really get the context. We only have to, like, wait, like, the day or two afterwards someone gives the full translation. But, like, they should have, like, a live translation. Like, especially when it's backstage, you pre-tape that shit. Yeah, pre so you can easily, like, put subtitles. Yeah, pre-tape it, put subtitles on it, and like if you like like UFC, it's not like they have Anderson Silva and they're like you have to speak English and he like is struggling to talk. It's like okay, fine, just speak just speak Portuguese and we'll translate it for you. Jesus fuck, learn how to speak English. Like they don't do that. It's just they 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 let them speak their native language and it seems more organic. You hear passion through the way they're speaking, and I I, I like that. And like at least with this promo, they're letting them do that. Um, unfortunately, it's the same kind of. Like generic dribble we just heard from Indy Sheer. They're looking at each other. That was a little Lucha Underground style, huh? They kind of stared and the camera kind of caught it and it was a bwong. That was very Lucha. This is this is great. Every tag team in WWE is soft. None of you are men. None of you are hard enough to fight us. You know, how hard are you right now, bro? This is a great promo. This is a great promo. This is very Lucha Underground inspired. That's why we wish, I wish we had more Lucha Underground. This shit sucks. I mean, it literally is just in this year. It's the same stuff. None of you are hard enough to fight us. None of you have the heart to fight us. Like, it's just the generic say the same things over and over again. And and what you said about in this year is the same thing here. Not even like splicing in. Like little clips of them beating the fuck out of people. So if this is your first time watching wrestling in like six months, you don't know who these fucking guys are. You still don't know who they are. I mean, this guy's just this. This is just double chin guy talking in a different language. You don't know anything about him. Why not show some clips of them in NXT? Why not show clips of them on Raw? At least build them up a little bit because it's not like this is a vignette that's kind of showing you their characters a little bit. It's just generic bad guy stuff. It's generic bad guy stuff, and they're not really, really able to showcase like their talents like in a promo. It's because it's all pre-taped. Like they have this already there, so it's not something very genuine. And right then, there you can edit so much shit out. They keep on having all these cuts, and the cuts could also have little spliced in fucking action. But no, it's just like you have to see these two are in suits, so they are badasses. And I'm trying, like, remember the Alistair Black, the Room promos? Are the are, were those good? Because that's another one where you hear kind of these, like WWE will have an idea 
and he did the tales from the dark father or what it was that was that what it was called i could find those that that um and isn't that another kind of example of this is supposed to to do something right we're building to something with this alistair black gimmick and this character and is it just a like they have this vision and then when it when it hits on television it just doesn't work like because i remember not did we like these let's check in because they don't splice clips of him kicking people in the head, right? They're just like, oh, this is like Lucha Underground. Candles everywhere and shit. House of Black, open house. Six or six man tag, no rules. Except for Most the challengers can pick the rules. You. So I'm going to open the vein because I want you to know the truth. This guy's wife is so fucking hot. Zelina Vega, dude, in Puerto Rico. That was awesome, Gina. She was crying. I was crying with her. I was doing the Sami Zayn song. I was like, whoa, whoa. I know that's not her song, but it fit that moment so well. That was really that was a good match. Like, right? I know they ended it like that powerbomb Rhea hits to shut the crowd up was awesome. Like I was like I was having this emotional roller coaster of a of a match. And then that powerbomb brought all of us to reality. Like, oh yeah, Zelina's gonna lose. It was a really good match, really good story. The crowd added so much more to it with the emotion, and it was a big moment for us. And you could tell, I guess, she was crying. It wasn't that she was going to lose it because it was a big moment for the crowd and for her family. Just everything was behind her. I was really proud of her. But also, like, these promos were, like, really well-produced. It's these tale from the Dark Five. But what you want to go back to is when he was in the black room and he wanted to pick a fight with him. Oh, you had to knock the door. You had right. to pick a fight with me. And that was when Cesaro, like, literally knocked on the door, right? Isn't that? Oh, no. And, and those were, like, from a year earlier. So they, they had, like... They didn't know how to use, like make this character work other than put him in a dark room. What? What is that? Was that his character? In, that wasn't what he did in NXT. That's not what he did in NXT. He was just a badass in NXT, and he made people infamous by eventually saying their name. Because that was the that was my favorite thing with Velveteen Dream. You loved Matt Riddle Velveteen, which was a really good match, but Alistair Black Velveteen, I thought was the perfect. Velveteen Dream match where he is just so needing for his name to be called by fucking Oscar. Be like, you have to say my name so at least I can be remembered. And he realized you don't fucking earn that shit until you've beat me or proved to me that you deserve it. He did. It's a great fucking match. For the <laughs> men and women of SmackDown Live, there is. Remember, they, re they really were drilling that home, right? SmackDown Live. Live was in the name. So much conflict. Yet so little resolution. And another week goes by and I offer both. And it's so simple. Mm. The conflict is you pick a fight with me and the resolution is, is I fight you. Yet there is. Oh, it's not even on the screen. No Gino, this is, this is a great promo so far though, right? It's really, really on the nose. And uh, good God. Like it. it I, I get what do you think you know like obviously this isn't good right it's entertaining because i can enjoy a good house because this is the precursor to what we have now with the house of black which is even more like the high depth, like more over the top version of this where you don't understand some of the stuff he's saying because he's trying to make symbolism and trying to like not foreshadow that this is very obviously foreshadowing but it very blatantly telling you hey you pick a fight with me you get your ass kicked by me in like 
fucking House of Black, he tries to foreshadow this idea with something very subtle. You can't really tell what he's trying to say until the match has happened. But even so, yes and no, because House of Black, at least, like, I know, like, he looks like a badass. Like, this guy looks like a dork just sitting there with his fucking hair back and his black tie. Like, what are we doing? No one at my door still. And we do not have to fight over trivial things as the love of another woman or Zelina Vega. Another man, nor ideologies, nor turf. No, it can be so, so simple. Oh my gosh. Could you, could you please open the door? Who's he talking to? Thank you. Uh, and it's like even bad acting too. Can you please open the door? And like he's doing stuff with his hands and head. Like it's like Kenny Omega trying to have a match. Ah, uh, I don't know, Gino. I I like Malachi Black, may and I like NXT Alistair Black. Maybe it's his fault that this didn't work. I think it could be his fault, or it could be the old man who was in charge, who's now back. Vince McMahon could have been the problem too for this. The door is wide open. <laughs> Will somebody, anybody, please, please, I beg of you, please pick a fight with me. Oh, see, if I was running this show, you know Brian Kendrick's music would hit so fucking hard right there. I'm the man with a plan. Like, that would have hit so fast. They, they completely missed that opportunity, Gino. How come nobody had the Brian Kendrick song queued up? I don't know why they didn't have the Brian Kendrick song queued up or anybody. Like there could have been so many perfect ideas, someone to come in here, even that were active at this time. Like really, Brian Myers, I think would have been perfect. Kurt Hawkins could have picked the fight; it would have been great. I was trying. I was trying to remember that that ver that song too. I was trying to remember the the the, the Kurt Hawkins or, or even the. I got a new shirt, by the way. I got a new shirt, Gina. I got the most professional wrestler shirt. It's not here yet. Don't worry. And by I got it, I mean somebody bought it for me. Thank you, thank you so much to my coworker who hooked me up with the most professional wrestler shirt. So hold on, Gina. Let's let's fix wrestling, okay? Because they they missed a huge opportunity here, okay? Pick a fight with me, man with a plan. Is that the most underrated wrestling song in history? I think Face the Facts is the most underrated wrestling song in history because Kurt Hawkins was the perfect man who had the facts for you to understand how great of a wrestler Kurt Hawkins is. I'm a man with a plan. Because I like songs like if someone's talking and like you know like they're getting interrupted, you know, just like, if you smell, like it just, or the glass shattering, like you got to have a moment that just interrupts, just stops the world in its tracks, okay? And I don't think anything would stop the world in its track more. Like, can you, like all the great promos in wrestling history where someone's about to walk out and this song hits. I'm a man with a plan. Dude, if this guy didn't think the Holocaust didn't happen, he'd be a main eventer by now. He would be a main eventer by now, but you know what? It's time for him to face the facts because Kurt Hawkins is the best wrestler, most professional wrestler. Brian Myers is better than everybody we could think of today. Is that so? So, what kind of because I'm watching these vignettes and I know sometimes they say, like, well, we tried this and we tried that. Like, this is clearly wasn't going to work. There was no way you can make like that, that work. I mean, maybe you could because, like, again, I'm blaming a lot of it on Aleister Black because it's like 
Like that part of it was really cringe, and that's his fault. He didn't have to do that. Um, as far as a backstage, or who got the most over from doing that kind of stuff? I really we got to with all backstage and all history, whether it be Dairy B or any other company. I feel like backstagers, we got some great again face the facts. I think got people over a lot when he did tell us the facts, and he was better than fucking Chuck Norris with new versions of Chuck Norris jokes. Thank you so much. Okay, hold on. I barely remember these. So this was after the draft. They brought him back. This was the 2016 draft, like the one that, like we're back on drafts, baby. They, this is what they meant. When Hawkins makes a feast, the doomsday clock takes ahead three minutes. At night, dream catchers hang. What is this? Kurt Hawkins catchers above their beds. 2016's most popular baby names are Kurt Hawkins, Kurt Hawkins, and Kurt Hawkins. What is this? Why don't I remember this? It's SmackDown Live. It's time to face the facts. That was awesome, Gino. How come? Why didn't it work? Is because his name is Kurt Hawkins, right? If he was Brian Myers, this guy'd be the fucking six-time WWE champion by now. If he was just Brian Myers, they would have given it both butts. He would have unified the championships way before John C. and Randy Orton. He would have been the greatest if he was just Brian Myers, and they would have realized how great of a man he was. He's better than Chuck Norris jokes. These are more superior than any Chuck Norris joke ever existed. Yeah, why I, Why are there more of these? Are there more? Okay. Randy has to obey the law of Kurt Hawkins. Doctors recommend that each night sleep gets at least eight hours of Kurt Hawkins. He was in good shape, too. This is the best shape of his career at this time, I think. I mean, he's in decent shape now, and he's trying to be a heavyweight, but this Kurt Hawkins is a beefcake. Earth is 70% water and 30% Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. I'm Kurt Hawkins. In SmackDown Live, it's time to face the facts that next week I'll be making a big Kurt Hawkins announcement. Yeah! Let's go! Face the facts! Wrestling sucks. How did we not get this guy over? What happened? It's our fault. This is why they have crowd noise. We're the reason why. If we were losing our fucking minds and Kurt Hawkins came out, they'd have to mute us. They'd be taking or give Dana Brooke a chance signs away. They'd be, oh, they, we, we would start a revolution for Kurt Hawkins. We didn't know. We weren't watching SmackDown Live closely enough. We are now. Gino, we got real fuzzy on that one, my you we robo Gino. Are you are you back with us? Okay, we've lost Juno temporarily. He always returns though. Don't worry. We will get our, our nightly dose of Gino back in just a moment. Um, but I, I don't remember this that well. I remember Kurt Hawkins coming back to WWE, but I remember the losing streak. Hey, Thank you, Cassidy, for the Tetris love. Like I remember the coming back and having the losing streak 
and uh, him and, and Zack Ryder winning the tag belts at WrestleMania. But I know 2016 happened. So he, and I know he came in as a jobber, obviously, because he lost every fucking match that he had. Um, but the, the, as far as these backstagers, this is more of a – I get it. It's not the same backstager that we had to witness for Alistair, where it's just like a one-shot – like steady cam on you where you're just kind of talking to the camera and talking to the audience, trying to get yourself over. Um, but I think that's the issue is that there's just not a lot of times when they set these guys up and almost sets them up for failure. Eric Bischoff, our friend, he says nobody ever gets over from these backstage segments and he kind of detests them. Like I think he actually, he doesn't like the Gia Miller style, like impact wrestling, like where we just have the obligatory, like, backstage reporter and they're just sitting there like i'm i'm trying to get a word with uh trying to get a word with kurt hawkins kurt how are you and then if kurt's like i'm the man with a plan then that would have gotten over but it did gino you are back um i forget what i asked you last but um is other than the rock is there anybody like as far as like hey i'm it's me, Terry Reynolds, and I'm backstage with Goldust. Like, is there somebody that did, cut, like, cut those promos the best? Because I always remember The Rock just killing those. Rock, I feel, always did kill those backstage promos. But we go back, it's your, like, 90s backstage promos, like, the early 2000s, possibly. I feel like when we had, like, Todd Grisham, we had people like Johnson who could do a good job making him look like a bitch. Yeah, well, and, I, and like, because, I, I mean, my favorite WrestleMania ever I don't know if they're going to have this just readily available on the YouTube, but Rock cut that promo just at WrestleMania and the backstage act. Act one and act two, they don't matter. The only thing that matters, everyone remembers act three. Like, I remember that so well. I thought it was such a great backstage promo. And a lot of times these pay-per-views did have, like, instead of, you know what I, okay, hold on. Let me one thought at a time, Ryan. So, like I, they they would in between matches have these promos just to set up something later on in the show. It kind of gave the show like instead of watching a commercial that was hey we're backstage with so and so. We don't really do that as much. I do not like this whole if you have P- Peacock Premium, you're going to watch the build up for this match. Now if you're watching the replay, they don't even have the build up. So for someone that's been watching Hulu Raw, I don't know why Omos and Seth Rollins are fighting. I don't know. I, I'm sure there was a great buildup, and it involved, like, you know, Seth Rollins trashed his locker room, and then Omos gave Becky Lynch a chop. I don't know what happened in that rivalry, but I was annoyed that Peacock's telling me, for Peacock Premium Plus subscribers, here's the buildup, and then it cuts to the match. I know that they think in their heads it's just a fucking commercial, but that's the only reason I watch this shit is for the fucking buildup and storylines. The matches are fake. It's fake fighting. It is fake fighting. We get some of the best fight like we had with Almas versus Seth Rollins, which probably was the best singles match that was a clean cut. No, no, the proper match with DQs and shit. It was the best match of the entire men's division set. The greatest match I've ever seen. Uh, dude, I'm all I'm all about build up, dude. And when I when like, cause you can just sell me on a match, you know, like like when I watch the promo, the build up, uh, this is sub in Spanish, but it'll work. Like when I wa- when I watch the build up for my favorite WrestleMania match, a lot of it is like I get it when I tell people this is one of my favorite matches ever. To them, it's like, what? This one? You don't even like the one at WrestleMania 15? It's not the fake fighting that does it for me. It's all of it. It's the presentation. It's the entrances. And it's this back. When Stone Cold Steve Austin walked away from WWE, 
Shockwaves vibrated the foundation of the company. Oh, this sounds shitty. What is this? This is not the one they play at WrestleMania. Is this like literally a commercial that they released? Like, what is this? Seven months ago, I told my boss, Vince McMahon, to take his job and shove it. But Stone Cold Steve Austin oh! tired of sitting on his ass at the house. And everybody said, Austin can take his ball and go. And The Rock is the one that said that. Like, did they know? Do you think they knew? Like, when Austin left, they told Rock, hey, go out there and trash Steve real quick. O only knowing Rock was leaving like four months later anyway. And they probably knew like they wanted to set this up anyway. Like, even though Stone Cold's gone, he's not going to be gone forever. They knew, okay, have The Rock. Thank you so much. Set things up in motion so that way he could be able to go right into a program when he gets back. And they knew they'd be able to get him back in time. But when the rattlesnake finally returned, he didn't come alone. Let's go, Gino! Before the bionic redneck could reclaim his superiority, another superstar was out to challenge his legacy. Austin, do you remember? This isn't the same. I don't like this guy. What is this guy? Like, there's a match going to happen at WrestleMania. That's not what they did at, at the actual show, Gino. Don't worry. If you're a premium Precock subscriber, you don't have to watch this part. But the, I, I think that's my issue with this new Peacock thing is like I want to watch the build up to some of these. My favorite part or one of them at WrestleMania was the Ray and Dom promo, but like the build up package. I'm sitting there watching it with non wrestling fans, and I'm like they they don't know who Dom is, and they're watching this getting so mad at this little fucking twerp. And it was such a well put together package that when Ray won the match, they all popped. Because that's how wrestling works. You tell these elaborate storylines, and then we get a fake match and a result, and we're like, that was satisfying. I'm satisfied. Like, that's how our brains work. That's why we need these packages, Gino. Yeah, we do need well-produced packages, but I do have to say the one thing that will still sadly be the caveat that makes me hate that Dominic Rey Mysterio package is for a brief few seconds, if you pay attention, there's shots of Auschwitz, which is not so we should be talking about. It did happen, and we need to know it happened, but not support it, make it feel like this should be a part of a guy who went to prison and he went to Auschwitz for some reason, even though he's not. What are you talking about? This was Auschwitz that happened? They had an Auschwitz thing there? They had multiple shots. Like I think like one shot, they have like an actual scene where you see the B-roll of Auschwitz in the Dominic promo. Whoa, really? That's intense. That actually makes it more hardcore. Um, WWE says you're a fucking idiot, Gino. WWE apologizes for WrestleMania promo with Auschwitz concentration camp clip. Uh, Dominic enters in handcuffs. So this is the. So I'm sure it's this promo right here. They probably edited it out though. Um, let me just Google that thing because I didn't I didn't hear about that. So Ray and Dom Auschwitz, this sounds intense, you know. That almost makes me want to watch the match even harder. Yeah, I know they tried to really make it feel like okay, Dom went to prison, but even bigger, he went to concentration camp. That's real. This he went to a legitimate thing somehow. His kayfabe character went to Auschwitz for that short time he was in prison. Uh, I don't like NPR, but let's check it out. WWE apologizes for using Auschwitz photo. Um, Okay, Auschwitz concentration camp photo in a promo video. They apologize for its use of the Auschwitz concentration camp to promote a match. The image appeared in a five-minute video. Uh, the shot appeared in the pre-show last weekend ahead of the live broadcast this past Saturday. It was used in B-roll accompanying Dominic's comments about being a hardened criminal. 
uh, WWE drew backlash. What? You know, after fans recognized the image as a photo of a concentration camp uh, located in Poland. So it's not Auschwitz, you know, it's in Poland. Um, we had no knowledge of what we depicted. As soon as we learned, it was imme- it was removed immediately. So, uh, I mean, it looks like a scary prison. So that's all they did was like Google scary prison and they found this photo. Um, the Auschwitz Memorial pictured in July t- 1997. Uh, they oh, this, Did they use that exact photo? I know it's not on my screen right now, but um, is that, I don't know, it looks awful that Dom's trying to say he went to someplace just like that. He's trying to say he went someplace like that, but it still is not right to say, oh, he went to this one specifically because that's what everyone knows when you see those are that fucking what's called pathway. You know, like, oh, this is not good. No one should be here. Do, do you? Does anyone actually care? Like, I don't think anyone actually cares, right? Cancel culture cares. Okay, so yeah, like, but yeah, I don't like. We don't care, right? Like, I don't give a fuck. Like. It's a photo. Like, you guys, everyone's really upset that a photo of a... Of, by the way, this is fake. We're watching fake wrestling. And they're trying to portray, like, how this guy's saying he's a hardened criminal. And he's showing, like, I've been to places just like this. Like, he's a villain. He's supposed to He's supposed to do stupid shit. This is stupid shit. So, I like when people get really offended by photographs and things that are not real. Like, this is fake. How many times do we have to say that? This is a fake thing. It's wrestling. And they're over here going, no, you guys use a photo. You're glorifying the gentrification, just killing of many people. You're glorifying it by putting it on a fake wrestling it's show at WrestleMania. You are glorifying it, making this villain seem like he came from this place, that he killed the Jews. It would be glorious. It, no, he's saying he was in the camp, not that he killed anyone. He he's a, he's one of the criminal or the not criminal. I guess they weren't criminals. He's saying that he went to a place like that, Gino. And it's not glorifying it. He's the piece of shit. Dominic's a piece of shit. So why are we? Why are we saying that? That's not glorification. If anything, that's that's indemnification. I thought it'd be more like glorifying because we have, there are people that will be behind Dominic, be like they want to be the angsty teen against their dad. So part of it is glorifying, <laughs> but yet also is the opposite too. So you know, you are right that we are focusing too much on that when we should be more talking about how great the impact is. I'm a man with a plan. It all tied in, Gino. We had to hit play on that song. Okay, so they just use it as B-roll. The internet got mad. The wheels on the bus go round and round. I I enjoyed that Rey Mysterio Dom promo. I enjoyed the match. I thought it was really well done. I think even the continuation of... I didn't like WWE two months ago, I swear. Now it's my favorite fucking show that exists. Um, like I, I, I'm loving Raw. I know that it's three hours, and that takes a long time sometimes. Hulu Raw is very good. Um, what would you think of this Raw, though? As far as the flow, it seemed like it flowed a little better. With, with with more focus on longer matches, that helps, right? It did help, especially with us knowing ahead of time, okay, we have these triple threat matches. There's going to be two of those. It's going to take a good bit of time. Then you have the singles match. It's going to be the main event that you get to build up to. They did a good job with that. They're going to hopefully do a good job with that with only two hours on SmackDown. But I feel like the big thing that I was able to take away from this week that I was able to enjoy an impact, I feel that's just the best program that you can just watch for those two hours, and it doesn't feel like two hours past. When Raw feels like three hours past, SmackDown doesn't really give you as much like closure at the end of the show like an impact does. What did you think of the Trinity debut? She's here in Impact Wrestling. She gets interrupted by the Virtuosa. They're immediately shotgunning her to the fuck in front of the line. Um, what do you What do you think about that? I feel like it's a really good call because what I saw in the recent picture, like the impact post, like here's all her dates. She's only going to be here at least for right now. What they showed us is after anniversary is the, uh, 
fucking fallout show she's gonna be there we don't know if she's gonna show up to the australia show they're doing in july so she might not be there for too long she'll only be here for slammiversary so it makes me feel like it's gonna be great short run she's gonna have see where things go but it was great to see that this build-up is setting up that she might get that championship opportunity especially with an open contract she has for under siege to get to be anyone challenging for her to really prove if she is worthy to be it impact knockouts championship contender do we want to have her though if she's only part-time like or do we want to even have her compete for the championship because you know how i am like i oh the the brian cage like just the austin aries hey you lose the belt you're out of here can't you just see trinity winning and then losing and then she's gone and now we have we've sullied the good nature of Deanna Parazzo. This is why you didn't like Mickey James. You thought she was just a flash in the pan. Here we are years later, and she had to relinquish the belt because of injury. So are, do you want to see her get a championship match, or wouldn't you rather see her do something else than she's only here for a cup of coffee? I wouldn't mind seeing her in a championship match and possibly losing that match because she's having an amazing contest about who she faced, which I feel she's going to face Jordan Grace. Oh, this was kind of cool, though. Kind of feel like we should pipe in some crowd noise for this one, though. This is supposed to be like a hype dance party, and you know that Impact fans are a lot chubbier than the WWE fans. These guys are so fucking good. I know, that, like, I, if you're listening to this and you don't watch Impact and you just think that we're a couple Impact marks, yes, we are. I totally am. I, I don't know why. I hear these two guys. Impact. And I remember when Ray Walt showed up, I was like, oh, he's like, they were going to make him a wrestler. You know, he wanted to be, he is a wrestler. They're going to make him wrestle. He fits so well on that, on their commentary desk. It just had to happen so fast. They got Hannafin in. It was immediately the 205 live reunion that we never knew we needed so badly. And it almost makes you wonder, like, cause 205, you and I were watching 205 live when him and him and we, lo I loved Asher Hale. I'm still wondering when he's going to pop up in, in, in impact or WWE again. Uh, and August Gray, what's his name? Anthony Green now. Like we, there's some of these guys that I was a big fan of from that 205 Live era, and these guys are so good on commentary. Isn't it weird to think like, like who was it before? It was it was uh, we had Matt Stryker, right? It was Matt Stryker before Tom Hannafin. Which Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown, I thought, were a great commentary. He was like, there's not one anyone close to this. But then we had Tom Hannafin was like, this is perfect. And then we had Matthew Rewald, who was like, I wish you would still wrestle again. You and Deanna had a great story with you two. You were a manager, and you won the king and queen. Yeah. I was like, this is great. Homecoming tour. I was like, this is great. But I was like, you're perfect. You and Tom are the best commentary team we have. It's because like I remember like the short time when he was there for 205 Live. I was like, this guy's great. And Nigel was great with Tom. I was like, Nigel needs to be commentary, too. But like we have Tom and Matthew and I was like, this no commentary team beats this, especially currently with all this shit we got right now. Vic and Booker, they're fine. Fucking Pat, what's it called? Uh, fucking Way Kevin Bear. Patrick sucks. He's so Way bad. decent, but yeah, Kevin Patrick's so fucking bad. Compared to this, this commentary team, I think, is the best two man group we have. And AW is probably like the worst, like they're probably even worse than Kevin Patrick.
because it's too many fucking voices. They don't make any goddamn sense. Well, and they're having so much fun. Like it's kind of weird. Like they're they're having so much fun that it is kind of distracting. Like just with them ribbing on each other. The fact that Taz won that job is is fascinating. Like that guy's gonna be the announcer wherever he fucking goes. They just want to throw him on the desk. He does a pretty good job. He makes me laugh. But I agree. Like if you are just kind of a casual viewer who hasn't been watching Taz, who hasn't been hearing his commentary for twenty one years, it might be a little bit like what the fuck. Like none of what they're saying is funny. Like whenever they do like the inside jokes, like you know, like oh uh, kick out on one Jones. You know, like when they say things like that, it's like that's not for TV. Like you guys are too used to doing dark with each other. Yeah. Let's go. She looks great. This is impact. She's got chills, bro. She's half naked out there, too. Let's go, Chirac. Wow. Thank you guys for that welcome. Hey, you're welcome. Oh, I, I love that. They just flashed the shirt. Hey, she's here. Buy a shirt now. It's time for you to buy. Did you get this shirt, you know? I did not get this shirt. I don't have any impact shirts, but you know what? I do need to get some impact merch yeah. at some point in time because it'd be great, especially. And I'm glad you did bring up our boy Asher Hale because I know you and I also are big fans of the Workhorseman, and I think the Workhorseman would be perfect in impact to add to our growing tag division. Well, come back. Is other saying? Deserve it's it. so good to be in this ring. <laughs> and back in a place where I can glow. <laughs> so allow me to reintroduce myself. I am Trinity, and I have arrived in Impact Wrestling. Let's go. It's a real wrestling show. All that other shit sucks. Although these assholes sitting on their hands over here, what is this? Tampa, Florida? Do you know why aren't they why aren't they hyped? I think they're just not hyped. They want to see like, where this is gonna go, where this is gonna lead. But I'm excited that in June I get to see Trinity Life for the short time she's gonna be here. I'm gonna be able to see her. It's gonna be great. <laughs> and I even love I'm like, the comments on this video. Trinity has arrived. I hope she's staying in Impact. Like everybody is just like, please. I hope she stays. Like when you get somebody in Impact, you're immediately wondering when they're leaving. That sucks. Like. When a, when a Sammy Callahan shows up, you're like, this guy's never leaving. But then there are people that walk in, and you're like, oh, well, Matt Cardona's not going to be here for long. Chelsea Green's not going to be here for long. You can kind of just tell when people are just using Impact as a launching pad to land either back in WWE to either maybe get a spot in AEW. Like, Taya Valkyrie, 
Good move. Woo! Why would you go to AEW after we've watched all the indie talent try and make it there? You're not going to. You just stick to what you know. Stick to Impact. Be a champion there. Go to WWE. Triple H is in charge now. Maybe you can get over on the main roster now. Don't fucking go to AEW where you're like the 32nd most featured female. That's It's not going to – if she was in – maybe she signed a Trinity deal. Maybe she's only there for like three weeks, right? Maybe she is, but we're going to have to see where things go. We do all have to hope that they, she is going to stay, but something good that is happening. Like I'm just hoping that I'm right with this because we do have people that do get fired from WWE or released, and then they come to Impact, and they start off this big group possibly with other people like Bye Boy, Madman, Fulton, part of OVE, however, everything. And part of me is now to something with also with what happened on Impact that's setting up for a Six bad tag that maybe since his short run in AEW they didn't sign him that maybe we are going to phone back and maybe it's going to slowly start to be the reformation with impact to just build up people that realize that you know AEW's not using me AEW's not even signed me or AEW signed me and it's not really for it like Kazarian and just we keep getting all these guys realize that impact is where people should be going and forms impact it makes impact better as we get closer closer to Slamversary which maybe Trinity continues on afterwards and we're going to have all this big events and big moments like like us going to Australia too. Yes, Juno, what do you think? Is that is is that her just putting the product over? Because we've had some eras of, of the knockouts division that aren't the most glamorous. But they they at least they no, they do have they've had they've had lingerie matches and shit too. So yes. I would say with where it came from, like it did start off with these the women's division that they did have a guy dressed in drag. But then it did grew up to become this knockout division where we had Gail Kim and Awesome yeah. Dog have some of the greatest matches of all time, which then we tried to lead into other stuff going inwards, like Alicia and Angela Love. And then every years later, we've had like very weird moments with the impact, but they always push for women to be a <laughs> big centerpiece for the show compared to WWE, which had moments where like, oh yeah, there's the women's town. We have that on one show and we kind of talk about that, but we focus more on the men. I love that you said Alicia because I was like, who the fuck is that? But yes, Alicia Edwards. Because in my brain, there's so much. I, I guess, I guess, storied is an interesting word, right? Because the the Knockouts title debuted in what 2007, right? So it's not that old of a division to say it's the most storied in women's history. Because I mean, Fabulous Mula was the WWE champion for like 28 years, so that's a pretty interesting story. And her one title reign is longer than the amount of time the Knockouts Championship has been around. 
And there has been some great eras, obviously. Like, I think you brought up Angelina Love and Alicia. I mean, even just Angelina Love with the beautiful people when she was the champion there. Uh, I, 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 and then, yeah, you bring in the Madison Reign. Tara was a good knockouts champion when, you know, Victoria left WWE. It did, for, for a while it was, hey, the women that are good wrestlers in WWE but don't like having one-minute matches were coming to Impact to actually show us that they can wrestle. So we got some really good matches out of a lot of people. Like, I think Mickie James is a name that you always seem to just fucking not care about because she was in the version of TNA when they didn't have a knockouts championship, Alexis LeRae. And I think they were just kind of having, you know, thong and bra He hate me, says, and some asshole on his couch is saying they know how to fall. <laughs> I re-listen to me saying that so so often. I love the way I say I, I can't do it as good as I did uh, when I did it to, when Ali Catch took the pile driver in the taxi or whatever. And some asshole on his couch at home is saying they know how to fall. Give me a break. What a great JR line. So I, I don't know, Gino, just hearing Trinity say it, though, like the reason I came to Impact is because they have the most storied women's division. I think that's hyperbolic. I feel it's absolutely true, especially when we have stories that are deep lore stories with the women's division, like Sue Young and Rosemary and Alley, the buddy, which became Demon Alley. We had all these great stories <laughs> with lore. That is a storied history with this time because it's a lot of lore behind characters that held the title. What about the Knockouts car wash? Is that in the lore that you're talking about? Because that's my favorite era of the Knockouts division. beginning the knockouts division has been the place to be for fierce competition and i want a piece of it let's go i mean i'm talking about amazing talented women in this division like the awesome kong gail kim dude are you serious bro the legendary mickey james gino you didn't want to give her credit i did Virtuosa. And the talented Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace rules. She didn't give it and enough many credit. More. Many more. Like Taylor Wilde. Killer Kelly. Rosemary. <laughs> Rosemary. So knockouts. Get ready, girls, because the brightest star in this here galaxy is ready to shine. <laughs> that guy loves this. Family. This is a juggalo thing, Gino. Family. Is Deanna the obvious one to have come out first, or would you would you try and work because uh, not to not to do another? I'm the man with a plan, but wouldn't you have? Uh, I'm one of the best. What's Tasha Steele's song? How does that go? I, what makes more sense is you should have the champion come out first because this person is putting over the knockout division, so you should put over the champion right then and there And because the champion does have a challenger. They made sense what they were doing, how they were setting this up right then and there because you should have the champion represented or the tag team champions. You know, the coven should have came out instead of Deanna. You're right. No, I'm Tasha Steele. I'm sending Tasha out there. I know she's a baby face, but I would still like, while you were dancing around with, with Funkosaurus, I've been putting in work here in Impact Wrestling. Like, she could she could use that to her advantage to cut a fucking mean-ass promo on this chick because this is what everyone does. Hey, guys, WWE didn't work out. 
so now I'm here now, so uh, I, I'm ready to. I'm ready for it. So uh, put me in the main event. I deserve it, and I uh, love you guys so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Because that's what I would say if I was tossed. Just like, what the fuck are you doing on this show? This is my show. What brings you? What gives you the right? Why are you even out here, you piece of shit? That's what I would do, Gino. That would be a good thing to do if you were trying to be like a real heel to this baby face coming in here trying to take your spotlight. But that's what people do. They take the goddamn spotlight from real people who deserve it like Rosemary. He's a heel. So, Gino, this is my favorite era of impact. You remember last Thursday? I ordered a Thanksgiving thong throwdown. Let's and go. there were a few of you who chose to disrespect my wishes. When I was put in the VP of the knockouts position, I told each one of you, what I say goes. Why is Karen Jarrett so big? I, I, I remember Kevin talking about how big she was, and she's like way bigger than the knockouts. She looks like a fucking giant compared to these women. Is Karen Jarrett secretly the most jacked wrestler-looking woman out of all the knockouts? I mean, I feel out of all the knockouts, Rocket Khan was even more jacked than her. You chose to disrespect me. So that's why you find behind you six of the wrestlers' cars. Nice. That you will wash from tops. They're called superstars. To what? bottom. Yeah, it's freezing in Orlando. A real plausible storyline. <laughs> you will wash every inch of these cars. You will get down on your hands and knees. Gino, this is wrestling, right? Dude, this is what we remember. We were talking about character work and build up. This is awesome. And scrub the rims and the tires, which velvet, I know you will have no problem doing. And when you're finished, the rest of the wrestlers' cars are in that back parking lot. Oh, yeah, Paul Burchill's sister. Remember, she was, like, drugging Angelina Love, and they were having this weird zombie lesbian angle. That was awesome. There were so many great long-term stories that we had going on around this time, but I got to say Rocket Con was the best this generation. So I have a few phone calls I'm going to make, and when I return, you better have your robes off, and you better be scrubbing these calls. Is this the storied women's division she's talking about? Why doesn't the true knockout of this Let's go, Gino! That's somebody's mom, Gino. She has kids now. She didn't have kids when she did this. I know she didn't have kids, but she did this, and her husband was working the other company. Now her husband works at the same company that she was now working at, but no longer works there. Now she works at a separate company from her husband again. I made it bigger. Why are they so mean to Velvet? I, I remember, well, obviously Velvet's the one who wins the title at the end of all of this, but they're so mean to her. We just wanted them to be nice to our Velvet Sky. Is she still with Bully Ray? What's, what, do you, you know the Busted Open crew. What do they got going on? I barely paid attention to the crew. I remember this whole, the whole Velvet Sky. Everyone's bullying her, be like, oh, you can't work. Like, 
This part's awesome, Gino. Let's go! This show rules. ODB should been out there too. This is a great women's division, Gino. We had some robo, Gino. Gino, are you back with us? He still looks a little bad. Oh, oh. Gino, I think we may have lost you. The the T-Mobile is T-Mobiling. You know what? T-Mobile Tuesday, they they sent me a notification today, like get your Adidas swag, and I was all excited, like. Oh, what are they? What is Adidas giving away? It's not a giveaway. It's thirty percent off. And if you have a Costco membership, you just show up at Costco and you get the Adidas merch for way cheaper than thirty percent off. I'm getting stuff for like I would say seventy five percent off at Costco. Right. Maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't. You know, because it is all he he hung up on us. We, you know what. Got a surprise for you. I've got a match for you. A match. Or, I, I shouldn't even say a match. More like a street fight. Street fight with Mickey James. And my deal with you is you hurt her in that match and you become the number one contender for the knockouts title. That's about damn time. Get on. The show rules, Gino. The storied women's division is back, baby. It's back for the back of with a plan. Gino, whenever the starts rebel genuing, I'm just gonna yell that. On a man with a plan, and we'll just give you a couple minutes for everything to buffer and for T-Mobile to figure their shit out. So okay, you're you're moving again on my screen. Uh, good, good. Hopefully, it's going to stay stable. We're going to hope for the best. <laughs> We're just hoping. Okay, so far, so good. I love it, Gino. So before we ride off into that glorious, glorious sunset, um, AEW. So I I keep hearing rumors of the Saturday show. I don't watch the Friday show, so I don't know all of the announcements. Uh, did I even watch? Yeah, I watched Dynamite last week. Did I watch Dynamite last week? So, Gino, uh, yeah, I watched Dynamite last week. Um, as far as the Saturday show, is there more – news on it like when do do we have a launch date uh or are we saving that for when we go to wembley because that seems to be all they fucking talk about now i have no idea i'm not being really catching up on this aw collision it just seems like we have to hope for the best let's see they say it's going to air on tnt um here we go i'll go to your friend brian alvarez the wrestling observer right or i guess uh, this is probably uncle dave or whatever you call him you like him sometimes sometimes you hate him um, the show is believed to be called AEW Collision. Uh, it's expected to debut on 6-17, so June 17th, with a show. Is that Slammiversary? 
No, Slammiversary is in July this year. Um, the show will be 8 to 10 Eastern. Okay, that's a good time. From Chicago, and it would be the return of CM Punk. Um, that'll be cool. Uh, WrestleZone first reported this, that it would be on TNT. As noted before, there will be many preemptions during the year due to NBA, NHL, and MLB playoffs, as well as potentially for NCAA basketball tournaments, U.S. national team soccer games. Um, that is a rough night because they do rely heavily on sporting events for Saturday nights. That's why I've always thought wrestling would do good on Saturday nights. I liked watching Velocity. I was a big Velocity fan growing up, but I guess I was younger and didn't have much going on on Saturdays. So, expect I see you're frozen, Gino. I'm going to try and ask you this question. Um, what do you think, Gino? How much success do you think we get out of AEW Collision? Do we get an exclusive roster? Do you think it's enough to just have Punk on his own Saturday show? It's anything to get the ratings, maybe. All right, that was good take. Punk, I think it's perfectly enough. It's perfect with Punk. Punk will help them substantially compared to their Friday show. And are there normies out there that really are tuning into Punk? I guess the ratings do follow CM Punk for some reason. I think he sucks, and it, so I'm, I'm always shocked. It must be normies. It must be people that don't like wrestling that just like CM Punk, and I don't know who those people are. It must be w 2011 WWE fans have been waiting for this moment their whole lives because they haven't watched wrestling in – 12 years and now punk is back so they finally have something to be excited about that's is that what i'm witnessing yes i'm the man with a plan gino thank you so much for joining me tonight we about did it all we got to watch a lot of wrestling i kind of liked watching shitty promos with you we should probably stack up a whole list of shitty promos to just watch next week that'd be fun we'll just call it like shitty promo mania or quizzle mania that'd be a great name for it so uh, any parting words, Gino, before we ride off into that glorious sunset? You did a great job tonight, Gino. I don't care what the chat said. People said you were stupid and that you were wrong. I think you're an absolute goat. So, again, thank you, everybody, for joining me tonight. Uh, Trovo.live slash Vleeties for these live uh, these live performances, as I was about to call it. Uh, these live streams with Gino. I have Geezy with me on occasion. I'm going to just try and get him on Thursday nights and just do it offline. I think if I just told him, okay, look, no problem. Just fucking show up. We'll be all right. I think we can get a couple hashtags and headlines out there. I did record a little bit of hashtags and headlines, I guess. I guess maybe we'll release that somewhere. We'll figure out where to, where to, we'll figure out where to put it. He already had it. I just showed him where to put it. So let's go ahead and ride off into that glorious, glorious sunset. Thank you so much, everybody. I'll be back with Kevin tomorrow for the whole fucking show. We did it. Oh, I hit the button, but it didn't play. Don't worry, Gino. On a man with a plan.
Hush, listen 07 says flex.